Uh, this morning, uh, as I've again said now for a few weeks that, that I've had the privilege of being here, that uh, usually I take the month of July off, and this year I'm here. And uh, the, the, what we do through the month of July for the last few years is we've had uh, guest speakers come, uh, people in, in our, quote, denomination of open Bible, people that I work with outside this church so that I could introduce them to you. And uh, so you would be familiar with uh, that I actually do work outside of here with other people, and, and they're just such quality men and women of God that uh, I wanted to introduce them to you. This year, I decided that we would bring back all of our past staff, or most of our past staff, uh, that we had the joy of sending out after being on staff here. And today, we, uh, we get to hear from Pastor George, and uh, his uh, bride is here, who is an incredibly gifted pianist and singer and just skill set of a person, and uh, I saw Kristen over there, and also their daughter, Gracie, who was born here um, a number of years ago. W would you guys mind standing? <laughs> Did you see them? <laughs> Welcome back, you guys. It's good to see you this morning. Um, <clears throat> it, Pastor George and Kristen, they were on staff here, and uh, they, they were here for about 12 years. They started off as volunteers and then kind of part-time, and then they worked their way on to full-time, and they uh, did an incredible job with our youth and our worship. Um, they really took both of those things to the next level for this church. And uh, George, after a number of years, come and said, you know something, I really want to start a church, which was really in the wheelhouse of our DNA of who Creekside is. And so he kind of went out as our first church plant. And uh, that was six years ago. And I can't tell you how proud I am of them because planting a church next to turning one around is probably one of the hardest things to do in the whole wide world. And yet they started it six years ago. They've stuck with it. They've had a lot of stuff go on. And uh, just recently, they were able to lease a building and kind of make it their own. So after five years of setting up and taking down and setting up and taking down every Sunday, they now have a home. And uh, they're excited about that. And George may, Pastor George may want to update us on that or whatever. But I'm proud of these guys, and uh, I know you'll be glad to hear from them. I told him this when he was here one time. I think we were having some heavy-duty conversation. But uh, of all of our staff, George was probably the one that I most enjoyed listening to. And I think you'll be blessed by him as well today. So would you welcome home, Pastor George. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, thank you, Pastor Terry. It's an honor to be here. It's a, it, it, it's, it's a privilege and an honor. I, um, God used my, my time here at Creekside Church, and he continues to use Creekside Church and Pastor Terry to shape me and mold me into the, the man, husband, father, pastor, leader that he has created me to be. So uh, being here is like being home. Uh, like uh, uh, Pastor Terry said, uh, uh, you know what? I just forgot what I was going to say. But hey, you know what? <laughs> but you know, because this keeps ringing out when he, when Pastor Terry was talking about getting involved, uh, participation above preference. You know, is kind of a mantra that we keep telling our church. And and uh, I just want to reiterate uh, one of the things that we learned at Generations Church, and what's instilled in my wife and I, 
is, uh, over our time being here, is that uh, this relationship we have with Christ, it, it really should compel us to do something uh, with it. And this relationship with Christ isn't for our benefit. I really believe this, and you may have heard this phrasing before, we are saved to serve. I believe that with my whole heart. And uh, so if you, if you haven't been experienced fulfillment uh, in your life, if you're, if you're going, God, where are you? Uh, I'm not feeling close to Jesus. Uh, do something. Get, it, get in and serve somewhere and, and be a part of what God has going on, and you're going to experience things that you've never experienced before. So anyway, that's another freebie. So, all right. Uh, but no, uh, like Pastor Terry said, almost one year to the day, uh, I stood on this stage and I asked you guys to pray for something. I asked you to pray for 3474 Buskirk Sweet A. Uh, many of you prayed, and like Pastor Terry said, we got it, uh, we're in it, we're uh, our new building, and we're filling the place up, and, and God's moving. God is doing some great things in the city of Pleasant Hill. So thank you, each and every one of you, for your support and, and your prayers, and, uh, and some of you have visited and helped out with the, the renovations and all of that stuff. We're super grateful, super appreciative. And uh, I'm, uh, again, I'm just honored to be here and be a part of, of Creekside. It's like my family. So uh, we're going to get right into it. Is that cool? All right, you got your coffee? You guys had your caffeine this morning? You're going to need it. Um, you, you, anybody into baseball, raise your hand. If you, if you, all six of us, cool. How many are into golf? There you go. See, that's, that's, the, that's the only game that's going to be in heaven. But if you're into baseball, uh, you, you see watching the Giants, Lord help them. Um, <clears throat> you, hear the, you hear the announcer say, uh, bring the heat. You guys know what that means? Bring the heat. That means, I mean, if, you, if you're into baseball, you know that, hey, bring it. Throw it hard. Uh, make, you know, make it count, right? So uh, uh, this morning, I'd like to bring the heat. Can you say that with me? Bring the heat. Now that you asked for it, I'm going to. How about that? If I say this phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones. Okay, let's try that again. Sticks and stones may break my bones. Can you relate to that this morning? Have you ever heard that? Most of us have said that phrase, right? Sticks and stones may break my bones. But words will never hurt me. We're going to prove that wrong this morning. Because I do believe that words hurt. I was thinking about this recently. Uh, back when I was growing up, this was my BC days, before Christ days, right? I've been in a handful of fights. I know by the way I look right now, you, a fighter, believe me, I was. Um, I like to say uh, my wife, who I've been married to, coming up on 20 years uh, in August, um, 20 years, blissful, quick years. Um, she is my better half. She, is, she completes me. I know that sounds cheesy, but it's true. And, uh, and then my daughter, she's the one that dresses me. So <laughs> that is, I'm not lying. Uh, she, she tried to get me to roll my pants up to my knees this morning, or uh, uh, last week. But I know looking at me, you, oh, you a fighter. I, I was a fighter, and I've been a handful of fights, physical fights. And I was thinking about this the other day, uh, preparing this message, going, you know what? I don't remember any of the pain of the physical fights I've ever been in. I don't. 
I might remember the time, I might remember the place or the person, but I don't remember any of the pain. But when somebody called me a name or put me down or labeled me a certain way, that is something that has stuck with me most of my life. Can you relate to that this morning? I'm going to ask you if you can relate because we're all in this boat together and we all have an oar and we're all rowing to the same destination that hopefully God's healing (laughs) throughout this message. So uh, uh, generations were interactive, a little smaller group, so it's easier to be that way. Uh, but, you know, let's, let's hang out together this morning. But, when, I mean, you probably have been called a name. And this morning we're going to address something that I, I'm, I'm not, you know, I realize that it's not going to impact every single one of us in this room. Like this message is not going to rock every single one of us in this room. But there are some in this room that are dealing with what we're talking about this morning and struggling with what we're talking about this morning. And, and God wants to do some real business in our lives. I believe that there's freedom to be had for some of us. Chains to be broken. And we're going to address something this morning that could go pretty deep for some of us. Pretty deep. I mean, like the, the first question I asked you, have you ever been called a name? Raise your hand if you've ever been called a name. Just about every single one of us in this room. And if you're not raising your hand, I'm labeling you a liar right now. I'm just kidding. I'm not. I'm not that judgmental. Um, or perhaps maybe you've been identified by a characteristic or, or a, a, a feature. Maybe you've been called cute. Maybe you've been called ugly. Maybe you've been called hot, fat, I don't know, uh, anorexic, gay, racist, brilliant. I mean, walk with me here. We're going somewhere. Maybe it's homophobic. Maybe you've been called popular or athletic, and the list goes on and on. You know what you've been labeled and what you've been called. And if you have, did you ever feel like somebody stuck a name or called you something or stuck a label on you that really didn't fit. I mean, whatever they said wasn't actually true. I mean, it can be really easy to find, and, and this is what's kind of scary. It can be really easy to find our identity in the things others say about us. Maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's a parent, maybe it's a teacher, maybe it's a relative. I mean, whoever it is, the bottom line is there's two categories of labels or names that people give us. Either they are positive, like, you're so smart. Pete, you are a handsome man. Right? See, that really, as Pastor Terry would say, puts wind in his sails right? (laughs) Some are positive. I mean, you're you're brilliant. What a great idea. We know how that makes us feel. But some, some are negative, aren't they? I'm not going to look at anybody when I say this, but you're so stupid because I don't want anybody to feel like I'm putting that label on them. But some are negative. You're so stupid. You're crazy. What, what, that was a dumb idea. Who do you think you are? Or you're a piece of, 
Thank you. That's what I actually had written down on my notes. You said it, I didn't. For me, the label of, of, of temporary extrovert, actually a hardcore introvert, it totally fits me. I mean, I only play an extrovert on Sunday mornings. I mean, I could be totally engaged in worship. I was thinking about this this morning, first service. Uh, I could be totally engaged in worship, and my face looks like I've had the worst morning. But I'm actually engaged, and in, in what's going on, on the inside is different than what's being expressed on the outside. Temporary extrovert, hardcore introvert. I'm totally comfortable in my own head. However, <laughs> angry, stern, unapproachable, that's a label I've gotten that does not fit who I am. But I think I've finally come to the conclusion that I just might not be able to help the way my face falls. But because for the last 10 years, I've made a really concerted effort to smile a lot more. So I'll give you... It doesn't feel natural. To relax my facial muscles. My, my wife will come up to me when I'm focused on something and she'll take her fingers and physically lift my eyebrows up. It's a label I've been given. But I have to tell you, no matter what I try, I still get the comments. People still say this to me. You look upset. No, I'm just thinking. You mad, bro? No. I'm just thinking. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm just thinking. <laughs> Another label is, is creative that I've been given. And I feel that's an act, accurate label for me. I like to create things. Long-term sustainer, probably not so much. You could say I'm a, I'm a coffee and chocolate snob. Any, any coffee and chocolate snobs in the house? Just me? Come on, you're in church. Don't lie. We're, I said we're in this boat together. Let's row. Let's row. Okay? Uh, coffee. See, I prefer Pete's. I said this last service. <laughs> I prefer Pete's because, uh, the, actually, the quality coffee. Starbucks, eh, not so much. How many guys like Pete's? Nice. Way more than first service. Uh, how many guys like Starbucks? Yeah, all you Frappuccino drinkers. It's not real coffee. Frappuccinos. Uh, I, I, I said that, used that illustration last service, and somebody walked up and gave me a, uh, a Pete's gift card. Like, score. So hopefully, let's see what happens today in this service. But I, I'm a coffee and chocolate snob. I love great coffee. I'm a dark roast fan. I love the nuances. My wife and I, we can tell uh, 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 almost junky coffee from good coffee. Uh, we will search high and low for uh, a good coffee place over a Chevron coffee uh, when we're traveling. Uh, I like good coffee, dark roast. Man, we can taste it and the nuances and the, we grind our own beans and it's good. I'm also a chocolate snob. For me, uh, C's candy is it. Uh, matter of fact, my wa- thank you. That's, that's spiritual right there. Um, C's candy is my favorite. 
uh, my wife and I go on a date night every Wednesday, and, and we hit up the local Seas Candy store in Pleasant Hill, and we are best friends uh, with the Seas Candy people. And uh, get this, you know how they give you free samples? Uh, we go in and we get like a half a pound of free samples because they like us so much and we buy two pieces. So, but here's the deal. I love dark chocolate because to me, dark chocolate, come on, get it, can I get an amen? Dark chocolate is real chocolate. Milk chocolate is not. Uh, white chocolate was my nickname in high school. So, uh, there, there's, it, it has to be. I, I definitely been labeled a band geek in high school. Any musicians in the house? Band geeks, come on, rise and unite. Uh, I've been labeled a, pra, a procrastinator. Procrastinators, unite! Tomorrow! Okay. But I'm totally cool if you want to label me awesome. I'll be cool with that. Okay? But here's the deal. Most of the labels don't bother me. They usually represent me pretty well. The stern, angry, and unapproachable one, though, that kind of gets in my dish a little bit. That does bother me. Just because it doesn't fit. It's not accurate. But sometimes, if you're like me, you just have to remember what the great philosopher Taylor Swift says. <laughs> just shake it off. Right? Got to choose to shake it off. If you're like me, you likely have, been, uh, have labels that you've been given as well. People called you something, labeled you something, named you something. Some you might like, you embrace them. It's awesome. Makes us feel good. Pumps us up. But other labels have dogged you. They followed you around whether you wanted them to or not. Some of these labels that we were given set us on a trajectory that we're not really digging right now. I think most of us have even maybe adopted some labels which are not necessarily accurate. And they definitely aren't good. It's been said that the longer we carry a label, the less it describes our past and the more it determines our future. I want, to, I want to encourage you, if, if, you, if you will allow me to kind of get up all in your business this morning. I want to encourage you to do something. On your notes, you have a couple of statements with some blanks there. And I'm going to ask you to, to be intentional with doing something for me because I believe it's the first step. Uh, here's a thought, another freebie. You cannot defeat what you don't define. If you don't define it, you can't defeat it. Does that make sense? Okay. So what I want you to do is I want you to take that statement. I want you to fill in the blank. I want you to write this down. Not out, you don't have to share it with your neighbors, just on your notes. If you like blank, then you must be blank. Or since you do blank, you must be blank. For example, I am a hardcore, Ra a hardcore Raiders fan. So much so that I dye my hair silver and black. But whenever, whenever I said, uh, when, whenever, uh, and you probably heard this, uh, hey, so you're a Raiders fan. You must be a criminal. <laughs> or for the last 13 years, hey, you're a Raiders fan. You must be a loser. I mean, <laughs> right? But no, now it's, you're a 49er fan. Uh, 
Didn't Pastor Terry switch to the Raiders? I heard that somewhere. I saw a Raiders hat in your office. Okay. Or since you do blank, you must be blank. Write that down. Have you guys ever heard that before? Have you ever heard that statement? Has anybody ever said that to you? If, oh, you like so-and-so, well, then you must be this. And it's just not labels that we, we receive or, or that are given to us. How about a label that we give ourselves out of our insecurity? Maybe. Maybe you can relate to some of these. My grandpa was an angry man. My dad was an angry man. And I'm an angry man. Or I've always struggled with body image issues. It's just who I am. Or I've, I've always wrestled with the same-sex same attraction. It's just part of me. Or my mom treats me like trash. My husband treats me like trash. Therefore, I must be trash. Or I've, I've just always been a worrier. I can't help it. I mean, we assume that what has been always will be. And we live there. We camp out there. You know, I, I hate the phrase, it is what it is. Because I don't believe that's accurate with God. It is what it is. How do you know? Who are we to limit the scope of what God can do? Well, it is what it is. So when we say that in my house, no, it's not. And it will never be. And it, it could be different if you allow God to be who he is, Lord of our life. That's another freebie. We assume that what has been will always be. And then we, we willing, willingly adopt the labels that come with our struggle. Whether it be angry, anorexic, gay, trash, failure, addict. We just kind of settle in and go, well, it'll be what it's always been. Another challenge is that when we believe the labels, we more quickly give in to its temptation. I've always been a slave to porn. It's just who I am. I can't change it. So I might as, I might as well keep giving in to it. Or I've always been impatient. I can't help it. I'm always going to be this way, so I might as well learn to live with it. So hurry up with the message, Pastor. i got to get to lunch. But the solid, the solid, firm, and biblical reality is, that a, is this. A label may describe you, but your identity in Christ defines you. Let me say that again. A label may describe you, but your identity in Christ defines you. In Galatians 2.20, I mean, I love what Paul says. And by the way, Pastor Terry, that ministry time, you were like the king of ministry times. If that was a spiritual gift, God gave it to you uh, because he nailed it. 
He set this up perfectly with reminding us of, of who we are in God and how God sees us as loved, forgiven, created by greatness. I mean, it, the list goes on and on. But Paul says this, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. Now, walk with me here. Whenever you see an underline on the verse, that's an invitation for all of us to say this together. Okay, out loud. Uh, it's participatory. It's a big word. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but, come on. What is that? Good job. You see, when Paul, when Paul said he had been crucified with Christ, he meant that his old, sinfully enslaved, wickedness-loving life had been killed, and it was crucified with Christ, and it died. And when Paul's old self died, all the labels that went along with his old self also died. Paul was a violent man, violent, violent man, but the violent label was nailed to the cross. Paul was a a self-righteous man, but but the self-righteous label was left at the cross. Now, there's no, I don't think there's anybody in this room that we may feel like we've done some pretty bad things or been called some pretty bad things or live under the banner of some pretty bad names given or labels, but I don't think anything compares to what Paul did. But for Paul, there was only one label that mattered to him. Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. In me. Turn to your neighbor at your table and say, Christ lives in me. See, friends, that reality defined who Paul was. That reality defined who Paul was. The old labeled Paul had been crucified with Christ. The new Paul had only one label, Christ in me. And here's the deal. The same is true for you and I. The same is true for us. When we follow Jesus, our old self is crucified with Christ, and now Christ himself lives in you and I. Like Pastor Terry said earlier, the moment you accept Christ, you are given everything you need to live a Christ-filled, transformed, uh, uh, fulfilled, uh, fruitful life. And in turn, we don't have to be defined by our struggles. We are defined by our union, our relationship with Jesus Christ. Our old self is gone. And I thank Jesus for that, if you know me. And with all its labels, it's dead and it's buried. Those old labels, the old names given to us, don't apply to us anymore. Now, we may struggle with the, the same temptations. Those don't disappear. Uh, but those temptations no longer defines who we are. They don't. They don't define our identity. 
We are in Christ, and Christ is in us, period. That is our identity. All of the old labels, all of the names given us can go straight to hell. And I mean that literally. Now, I know there will be times when we feel like things will never change. We will never change. Like we'll always be angry. I wrestled with that one most of my life. Still do. Sometimes, or some of us may feel like we'll, we'll never change and we'll always have an eating disorder or we'll always give in to lust or we'll always suffer from worry or we'll, or we'll always suffer from greed. And the list goes on and on and on. I, I don't know where you are or what you're struggling with, but here's the good news. A loving, forgiving, faithful God does know where you are and what you struggle with. So maybe we'll always struggle, but we have to remember that God's reality will always trump our perceived reality. God's reality will always trump our perceived reality. I mean, uh, will not always be the same. It will never be, it is what it is. Why? Because Christ lives in us. That's where he's taking up residence. And when Christ lives in us, the old labels labels no longer apply. Every day we must live in the light of who we truly are. Sons and daughters of the Most High God. When we are tempted to be angry, we have to say, anger belongs to the old me. When we're tempted to lust, we have to remember that lust belongs to our old self. When we're tempted to worry and have anxiety, we got to stop and remind ourselves that our old worrying self was crucified with Christ on the cross as soon as we accepted his lordship and put our faith in him. You picking up what I'm putting down? We're not our labels. We are Christ. I mean, even the prophets were guilty of this. Heroes of our faith. When God directed the prophet Samuel to find a new king for Israel, he tells Samuel only that he has chosen. God tells him, I've chosen one of Jesse's son to be king. But Samuel sees David, the outward appearance, go, oh, this guy's strong, this guy's handsome. Maybe this is the one. He didn't listen to God. But, and here's what happens. 1 Samuel 16, 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I, have, for I have rejected him. For the Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance. Read it with me. But the Lord... Where, do, where, does, where does God look? Now, for some of us, that can be scary. Because we know what's actually going on in, in this thing. And sometimes what goes on in the heart, you know what, comes out the mouth. So I understand that that can be scary. But when we start to to, to look at ourselves through God goggles, we begin to see ourselves as he sees us filtered through what Jesus did on the cross for us. And, and, and here's, we can begin to set the wrong labels aside. We can cast off, we can, the chains will be broken. 
And here's the, the beauty of it. The more we do it, the easier it gets. Never forget what God says about us. God says that you and I, in Christ, are a new creation. A new creation. It says so in 2 Corinthians. I'll read it to you. It says, so we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a what? The old life is gone and a... Now, if we had some exciting music going and, 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 and uh, the energy was flowing and you guys were all hopped up on, on caffeine, I'd say let's take a 20-second pause praise break and have everybody clap and shout and say thank you, Jesus, at that moment. Because that's kind of the, the weight of what Paul was saying to us. I'm not bagging on caffeine. I know you guys are working on your cafe, and it looks awesome in that side so far. Man, uh, we are a new creation in Christ. Now, what about when it's the opposite? You know, we talked about a little bit about how when labels are given to us, what about when, when we give labels to other people? Did you know that when we label someone, it can be an attempt to dehumanize them? Especially when we don't agree with their opinions. We don't like what they said. We don't like their lifestyle. We can label them. But in turn, it's dehumanizing them. And, and labeling, labeling others definitely does not demonstrate the love of God. Also, accepting wrongful labels ourselves is not right or godly either. I mean, we need to begin to see ourselves and others as God does. We have to do spot checks, filtering our thoughts and actions and emotions all through the lens of what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us. If someone tries to label you, instead of just taking it, why don't you take a moment, do a spot check and say, Jesus, do you think I'm... Jesus, do you think I'm fat? Jesus, do you think I'm ugly? Jesus, do you think that the same thing my dad thought of me when he called me a piece of crap? Shift our focus from finding external value, external gratification, and experience internal internal and eternal gratification by fixing your gaze on Jesus. Asking him what he thinks of you. It'll change your life. And if you are the one creating a label for yourself, if you're the one creating a label for yourself, making excuses about your sinful behavior, and you find yourself saying, hey, it's just the way I am. I will always want to look at porn. just the way I am. At some point, you're going to have to stop. Stop and say, Jesus. Who do we cry out to? 
Is that how you cry? When, you, when you're desperate for something, do you go, Jesus? You got to go, Jesus, I don't want to look at porn anymore. I, I, I won't keep labeling myself as a porn addict. I am more than a conqueror through the power you have given me in the Holy Spirit. And just because it's been this way in my past and just because it feels like it will never end doesn't mean it, will always, or it always has to be this way. Change me, God, from the inside out. Jesus, you got to do a work. If you really want to change, you will cry out. Because true freedom from every label is possible through the power of the Holy Spirit. How? Because God. Because God says we are a new creation. And in, in His reality, or His reality must always trump our perceived reality. It's not always it is what it is. And friends... Loved ones, you got to remember a label, a label may describe me, but my identity in Christ defines me. I want to leave you with this before we pray, this encouraging word that, that has really helped me get a grip on who I am created to be. You ready? You are not the sum total of what people say you are. You are who your heavenly Father says you are. And I believe some of, not everybody in this room, but there are some people in this room that needed to hear that. You are not the sum total. Who you are today is not the sum total of who people said you are. You are who your heavenly Father says you are. I'd like to invite you to pray with me. Father, we ask today, by the power of your Spirit, actually, I just, just take a moment. Let's close our eyes and let's just, can we be still for a moment? Maybe let the Holy Spirit kind of work in us for a second. Fathers, we come before you. We ask today, by the power of your very presence, your Holy Spirit, that you would enable us, God, not to listen to the things other people say about us. That you would help us to see both ourselves and others through the eyes of Jesus. That we would choose Jesus' vision to see people through God goggles. There are some of us here this morning, I know, that are doing some battle with names We've been playing the name game for years. We've been battling with labels. 
And there's some of us here who would say, George, I have been fighting a label for a long time. I don't want this label to determine my future anymore. I want to see myself the way God sees me. With every eye closed and head bowed, if that's you, would you just simply raise your hand this morning? Amen. I see your hand. We have been labeled and we've been living this label for far too long, and God wants to change that today. I see it. Amen. We're going to pray for you right now. And if you are saying, I need help to overcome this label, it's keeping me from becoming the man or woman God created me, me to be. If that's you, agree with me in prayer. Agree with me in prayer and say, yes, I need help to conquer or overcome this label. And we're going to pray right now. Father, we pray for those here today who are burned and burdened by the wrongful labels they have been given. Labels that were not of you, Lord. Whether they are labels we've been stuck with or labels we accepted uh, to continue to sin, uh, we ask that you would break us free from their power in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray in the name of Jesus that you would help us conquer and overcome anything that is not based in your truth and help us, God, to embrace only the labels you give in us so we can freely move towards a preferred future you have. So we can become the man or the woman you have created us to be. Help us to focus solely on the things you created us to do and to find our only identity in Christ. And if you prayed that prayer with me and you raised your hands, just say amen. God wants to continue to work on some of us, including myself. And it's all about Christ in me. When people see me, I want them to see less of me and more of Christ. Remember, a label you've been given, a label you've been carrying around, a name you've been given is only a name. And there's only one name above all names. And what is that, church? Who is that, church? Who is that, church? Can you turn to your neighbor and high-five them and say, thank you, God, for Jesus? In closing, it's going to be our, our, our declaration this morning. We sang a song. I still don't know the title of the song, uh, but it, it has Christ in me all through the song. So can we stand together and can we, in, in unity, declare that Christ is in me and let's celebrate that fact this morning. Amen? And let's celebrate the fact that chains have been broken, labels have been cast aside. People are different today. They're going to walk out those doors a brand new person. That is something to give some praise about. Come on. The same great light that broke the dark. The same great peace that calmed the seas. Hallelujah. He's living in me. The same great love that gives us breath. The same great power that conquers death. Hallelujah. It's flowing through me. What, 
Have a great week. We'll see you next time.